Welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, where you will learn to look good and feel great naked in 20 minutes. I'd like to invite you to go over to BareNakedHealthPodcast.com and sign up for your free video on the five simple steps to looking great naked. Hey guys, I'm your host, Nick Horowski, and welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, episode number 10, where I do my first interview with Matt from Salvaterra's Gardens down at the Easton Farmer's Market. I want to make sure I really thank Matt for taking out the time. Uh, it was a very busy market this day, and so sorry about the audio quality. There's a lot of background noise, but that's because we're down at the market, just loving it, having a great time. So make sure that you listen to today's episode, because we discuss Parisian-style gardening, which was very interesting. And make sure to stick around to see what advice has for living a healthy life outside of just eating high-quality food. Alrighty, guys. We're coming to you uh, live from the Eastern Farmers, Farmers Market today. And I'm talking with Matt here of Salvatore's Gardens. So Matt, do you want to just start off kind of giving, giving us a history, what really Salvaterra's Gardens started off as and where it's grown to today? Yeah, my wife and I uh, started homesteading. Uh, our idea was to produce as much food as we could in a year. Yeah. So we started off, uh, we were living in Allentown in the city. Okay. And uh, jackhammered all the concrete out. Really? Planted everywhere, even by where the sidewalk is. Yeah, yeah, in between that, absolutely. there. I that. And then, and then I started to rent um, land around the Lehigh Valley. Okay. Just would go to people that had sort of abandoned land that looked like it wasn't being used in Aston. And right, I hit right. on a couple of people that let us do it. That's fantastic. And the goal wasn't to sell food; it was just could we keep producing enough to to just, just eat for yourself for a year. Yeah. 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 My wife got into soap making. And, okay. Uh, and all that kind of stuff. And, yeah. Yeah, and then and then um, we would just try to make everything by ourselves. Like right. She does kombucha and we do wine, and, you know, you name yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And then um, we started to produce too much, so that's when we decided to do a farmers market. Okay. But it was really just a hobby. It was like, okay, well, we'll go to. And I was be a teacher, so. I was I was, so yeah, your and, life before this was as a teacher. Yeah. Then. Yeah, and then and we were still renting land, and and the farmers market was successful, so. Yeah. Then we decided the next step was maybe we should just buy a farm. Okay. We looked for a while and fell upon some land. Right. And, um, and then, then it was then our goal was for my wife to be able to take like leave her job. Okay. And when we have kids, she could stay home. And right. Right. Support that. Then it just kept growing to the point where I could leave too. That's fantastic. So really, it didn't start off. I, I'm not a farmer. I, I don't. I don't know how to use tractors and right. like that. Not, not that you need to, obviously. Yeah. I mean, it's all, the only thing I knew how to do sold was out the here garden. Tonight. Yeah. So um, we use a lot of um, those kind of techniques to uh, produce. Well, and that's what I was going to talk to you because I was looking into some of your stuff and you use like what's called like the Parisian style, yeah. I guess, right? 
So you want to explain kind of what that is, where that all started? Um, in the late 1800s, early 1900s, right around Paris. Okay. Um, Makes sense with the Parisians. Yeah, 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 they were farming. Um, the, the people there were gardening on two acres, nothing bigger than two acres. Okay. was kind of the deal. Okay. They were all around And that's the about what you have right now, too? Yeah, okay. well, an acre and three quarters. Oh, so, so not even, yeah. Yeah, no, they were doing one to two acre plots, and um, you know, what they were doing was... They were coming up with ways to grow intensively, mm -hmm. grow enough food on these one and two acre plots, and then feed Paris. Okay. Um, and they were doing it successfully at the time. Right. And then in the 70s, um, the Americans, a couple of people who uh, knew about that, kind of took it right. and um, started moving. Like the organic food started, absolutely, and and some guys men and women were using those techniques, mm -hmm. and then when I started gardening, I kind of hit upon some of those books, right? And those are kind of the techniques we started with. Any any recommendations for our listeners? Like, hey, here's a great one or two things to start with, like resources or anything. Yeah, um, I, I would read Elliot Palman's The New Organic Grower. Okay. That's that's one of the books we read. There is a, someone right now in Canada who's doing it similar to what we do and they were like yeah. identical when you look at pictures and things okay. and he wrote a really good book okay. and he goes through the financial end of it if you're going to be turning into a business yeah, yeah. Um, things like that and he's, he's John Martin Mortier okay. that's how you pronounce I'll have to look it up I'll put it in the show notes if anybody's yeah, interested yeah, yeah. his book is um, I forget the name John Martin Mortier yeah. you look it up you'll, see, you'll sure. see his book and that's a really good one too okay, great. but they go through a lot of the, the, te the, in the techniques Okay. Things like that. But those were two of the books I read. Yeah. And then a lot of it was just really um, experimenting. Because when everybody's land is a little different. Right. And your climate and your area. So I know when I read those books, I see certain things that would not work for us with our with our And that makes sense. Absolutely. Right. You know, certain things that work better for them where they're at. And, right. You know, but yeah. Nice. Uh, now, because I, I, I was reading, I saw some videos that you were in on YouTube, I was looking, and you don't really till. Uh, and that's something that a lot of people, oh, I gotta, gotta rototill the garden, like a couple times a year even. You wanna explain just why you don't do uh, the tilling? Yeah. We till, we use, well, we till, we used to till more. Right. So we're trying to back out of it and get to the point possibly where we don't till at all okay. year in and year out. Yeah. Right now we're down to we'll we'll till certain areas in the springtime. Right. But that's it. Right. Um, the, the idea is in um, when you are tilling and you're turning the soil, you're inverting the soil. Mm -hmm. The tiller only goes so far. So after enough years, you you create a hard pan. Which okay. all then all that means is right underneath that layer that looks really nice after you till. If you right. reach your hand down, it's hard as a rock. And Nothing's no roots. You, you see down. that a lot. Like even the ground's getting dry right now. Yeah, some places. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing for your farm, it's a little bit different. Like it's still soft, still has yeah. that movement then too. Yeah. So you want for our, the style we do when, right. when you're plant when you're planting things in close spacing, mm -hmm. the roots really need to grow vertical down into the ground. Right. When you have a hard pen, they spread. Okay. Now, if, if they're spreading, they're competing with the, the plant next to it. We want it to go straight down so we can plant things closer, essentially. So, and the other thing when you're tilling is um, you're you're ripping up all the, uh, the fungus in the soil. The mycorrhizae layer, correct? Yeah, yeah. And, and they basically have to start over again constantly. And so it's, yeah. it, you don't want to have so them not, to create yeah, more work not, almost? 
yeah, you're not benefiting from them being there. It takes them time to regenerate. Okay. So you want to keep everything intact. It, it seems like a better approach just not to, to till as much. To the me, other yeah. thing, too, is when you do till, all this, the seed bank in the soil is coming right to the top surface. So there are oh, okay. seeds all throughout your soil. So if you're bringing them to the top, you're constantly germinating weed seeds. Right. So we found if we do till in the spring, it's the heaviest time to weed. But when we go back in, into the bed, because we're smaller, if we plant, I don't know, say radishes, bed right. radishes, as soon as that comes out, that bed's getting planted immediately. Okay. So if you till it again, you're going to be right back to square one with all the weeds. Right. If you use different techniques and you don't till, use a broad fork, prepare your bed without flipping the soil. Okay. You've already weeded them a couple times. There's no more weed seeds on the top. Okay. So you don't... Fantastic, the, the yeah. next That next planting is pretty much weed-free, or else you go through very quickly. It really reduces labor, and if you get into a third planting that season, yeah. we found you really not weeding at all. So by the time the fall rolls around, our weeding is really minimal. Yeah. Which, you know, late summer, mid-summer, early into the fall, you, we're not weeding nearly as much. And okay. that's when you're planting things so tight, because we can't use plastic, right. like large no farms are doing, you know, we you can have weed problems. Makes so, sense. and you don't really want to have to go through and hand weed. <laughs> you know, it's too, it's too big for that. Yeah. So, um, when you do it that way, you don't get into those problems. And you can put things really tight and make okay. money out of that space. Yeah. But you don't have that weed pressure then. You mentioned the broad fork. Can you explain to the listeners what that is exactly? Um, I've, of, seen, I've yeah. seen one. It's, it's a pretty... Oh yeah, yeah. Some of the techniques, you know, when 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 I was re- when I used to garden, I would do this double dig thing. Um, guy in California, Alan Chadwick, brought, yes, brought yes. that idea over, and then John Jevons kind of went with it. You dig out the bed, you dig out the first layer of soil about okay. foot deep, and then you'd go a foot into the ground and you'd loosen up all that soil also. Then you put the soil back. Okay. So you're getting down about two feet. And their idea was the same. You want the roots going way down into the ground, no hard pad. You can't, on a, in an area the size of an acre and three quarters, you can't physically, not you know, work, or you'd have to pay a lot of people. It right. Would be co- it wouldn't be possible. You're not going to be able to survive. No. That. So what yeah. the broad fork does, it's about 16 inches. Right. Um, and it looks like pitchfork, kind of but, but it's wider, it's, much right. wider. And the tines are a little smaller? And the tines are thicker. Yeah. Oh, they're thicker, they're okay. thicker. So you, you basically drive it into the ground and just okay. rock it. So you don't turn the soil, but what it's doing is it's aerating the soil. So between every planting, we always do it. Right. And what you find is over the years, you're able to take your hand or take something and really go pretty well far into the soil. Before you it's hit that, that crust again. Before you start, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, we do some things like where we grow potatoes, we can actually pick them by hand. Like we never take an instrument and right. we just put our hands right in the ground pull up all the potatoes. You know, whereas if if, if you're if that's kinda of unheard of on a, on a conventional yeah, farm. It's not gonna happen. Yeah, the <laughs> soils to our carrots, things like that they just come right out. Okay. So it does make your soil a lot better. No, that's actually good to know because I know like I still do a small garden for myself and something like the carrots are always I have yeah. to take pitchfork, kind of loosen all around yeah. them before I would pick them out. But using a technique similar to this, 
especially over time, it oh, builds up and makes it yeah, a lot easier. Yeah, over time, all the yeah. things take time. Well, and, yeah, yeah, it won't happen. And that's right we're building away. topsoil back up yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Definitely. Great. So, being a I have to ask you, what, what was your breakfast this morning? What did you have today, too? Breakfast this yeah. morning. My wife made a smoothie. Yeah. Smoothie? Yeah. I'm guessing all greens, everything from the, from the farm. Yeah, then? yeah, yeah. Right, is that, is that something typical that you'll have? On Saturdays, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't, I don't eat breakfast. Stuff because you're running around so I, much. I go right out. Day. I go right out in the field, and I have I have odd eating habits. I eat a real lot at dinner. Okay. So I'll usually go through most of the day, and I won't eat much breakfast, won't eat much lunch. I'm usually going and going. But I also, if I eat during the day, if you, you kind of like feel when it's hot, you start to feel weighed down. That makes sense. You yeah. know. So so I'll usually go the day. And then I'll go in and really well, and eat some food. I, I, I'm similar to this where when I'm at work all day, it bogs me down almost. Yeah. Like, I, I, I like to just, hey, come home, eat that nice big dinner, and then just relax. Yeah. And help, like, calm down, get to sleep. So, uh, And that was going to be one of the things I wanted to ask you. Like, Any other health tips? I mean, yeah. I, I know you played college football, so you're yeah. used to a lot of running, a lot of hitting. Uh, you're, you're right now, you're a farmer, so you're out working all day long. I mean, are there any other things that you do that you really kind of focus on for your health? Obviously, you're eating great. I know your produce is fantastic. We're here. You're almost sold out today because it's just gone all morning. Uh, any other things that you do yourself or that you recommend for people to do? I just say stay active, really. Yeah. I mean, even if it's not, like, we chose farming, but if I wasn't farming, I'd be doing things that are active Absolutely. no matter you know no matter what I think yeah. long reason. my dad still works with us and he's 63 and he probably still great doing he, it. he runs a painting business yeah. and then he works with us on the side okay. and, and um, you know he's always in shape but he's just active yeah. you know if you, I think if you're active and you're even if you work a desk job all day if you can find time you know morning night just to do some kind yeah. of physical activity and yeah, that could that be helps. even just doing a small garden at home. Yeah, something yeah, anything like, that. like yeah. that. Anything like that, just being moving around. I, I think that's great advice. Farming's not really. It's not that it's. It's not like football. You're not doing right. wind sprints. <laughs> you know, but it's we. It's like you know, you've been moving all day. Right. You're constantly moving, and yeah. kind of. I think it helps. Absolutely. You know. If you had to pick three things when looking for even just a local farmer coming down here to the farmer's market, what are the three things that you either want to look for in the produce or talk to the farmer and ask, like, hey, here are like three questions you can give them uh, to know that you're really getting high quality food for you and your family? Three questions that ask. Or it doesn't have to be questions, three things to even just look for, three things to. Uh, it doesn't have to be just three. I mean, some people are just like, hey, here are a couple quick tips so you can go. You're going down to the farmer's market. You're looking for these couple things. Like, I know you guys don't use any pesticides, any yeah. chemicals, anything like that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we're more on the side. Like, our, our ideas, I mean, obviously, we call us organic. We don't, we don't use. Right. No certification. Yeah, we, we don't use the, uh, 
any of the chemicals or anything. And if that's what you're looking for, you definitely, I think it would benefit you to ask. Yeah. I think some, a lot of times people get in their mind that because it's a local farmer's market, everybody is organic. <laughs> right, you know? right. So you, I would definitely ask that question. Absolutely. You know, um, you know what are you using on the crop to grow, right. to grow it? Are you using any chemicals or anything like that? Yeah. Um, and my wife and I would do that. Um, and then you obviously look at, I mean, food's pretty, you look at it, you can kind of look I, I and agree. see yes. how fresh it is. You know, if it's vibrant, it yeah. looks really good. It looks like it, that the farmer obviously took care of it to get it to the market without it wilting. And, yeah. You know, things like that. You know, you can tell pretty quickly visually. I think that's so, a great one right you know, there. too. I, I think just looking at you and your wife, is, is that your brother then? Or? Uh, no, he, he's an employee. Employee, I'm sorry. I'm, you guys all look like you're healthy though too and i think that's one thing that is almost overlooked like some of the times you see some of these other farmers where they don't look healthy either yeah. they're the ones eating that food but you guys just look healthy you look strong and i think that's goes a long way speaking for what you guys are producing and eating yourselves yeah. and then I, when I think the last thing would be just talk to the farmer and, yeah. get a, and, and just have a sort of um develop a rapport with them yeah and um no, you, I think you could figure out really quickly, is a person a nice person? Do you want to spend your money there? I, <laughs> I that agree. kind of stuff. I you agree. Know? Yeah. That's yeah. fantastic. I think that's great advice for people to be able to use. Yeah. Uh, how about, do you have top three favorite vegetables that you like to grow? And then even a top three that you like to eat yourself? That's probably the way I'm trying to grow. I, I think it was things like um, that are pretty challenging to grow I kind of enjoy okay. when, you, when you find when you get it right you know like celery okay yeah but in this area it's challenging with the weather so right, right. celery uh, when we get a good celery harvest I, I really enjoy that um, that's awesome yeah eggplant yeah. and winter squash winter squash I th yeah those three things because they're a little more challenging and okay. what you have to do to make sure you produce with without chemicals you know yeah, they're not yeah. using chemicals some of the techniques you needed to be able to do to get them to produce. So when we do do it, when it works, it's I'm pretty excited. Yeah. yeah. Um, but my favorite foods to eat, I think, for us, it's a little different. It's not so much. It's, it's a lot of what you can do with it. So potatoes yeah. is the top. You know, because how versatile it can be for you. Yeah, and we have them all winter, like things like that. Yeah. Where, you know, they're really valuable to us because we can store them for so long. Which is, like I think is overlooked for yeah, most people, but that so makes a lot of sense. for us, we usually yeah. look at like potatoes being And probably your winter squash as well. Winter squash. Yeah. Because we, we tend to eat, because the winter is a long period of time. Yes. Right. You know, like... That's why I haven't seen you guys in a few months yeah. here, right? Yeah, when, when you think again. of tomato season, you know, it... Tomatoes almost to us, it's just, it's nice to eat it because it tastes so good. Yeah. But it's such a small window of over the year that you're actually going to eat a tomato. Right. Whereas a potato or winter squash, we'll really be eating those for six, seven months. Right, right. So I, I think those, and my wife does a good job. Gosh, that's even better then, too. Um, no, which, yeah, because you, you mentioned one, winter squash. That's, I, I love winter squash. I mean, probably more than anything else. Yeah. What, do you have a favorite one that you like out of those? Or they're all just... They all have their... Unique properties. Unique, yeah, yeah, like spaghetti squash is excellent, which is garlic and olive oil. Yes. But then butternut squash can be used in, you know, baking. Yeah. But also just, you know, you just cook it. Right. Like my wife would put it in uh, 
they grow the vegetables. Absolutely, yeah. Um, the acorn squash, because you can put the cinnamon and the butter I, in there. And make I, it I think you're hitting all the great points. They, basically, they all have their <laughs> they all have their absolutely uh, their absolutely. thing. You know? So, last thing then today, Matt, uh, where can we get your food? I know down here at the Eastern Farmer's Market, you guys are here all summer long. Where else around, like just the Lehigh Valley, is it available? We have a CSA, but that we're, we're booked. That's already closed for the year, absolutely. Yeah. Healthy when does that usually open up in case new listeners want to know? We usually know? start selling the shares late December. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And now, uh, with that, do you have to do the pickups on the farm? If you go to yeah, a farmer's we bring, market? We, we do pickups on the farm. This year we deliver drop-offs to a couple locations, and then um, we will deliver drop-off here, too. Okay. To Easton. Um, Healthy Alternatives, a health food store in Trexler Town, carries okay. everything. Okay, So great. we deliver to them a couple times a week, and they, they always have everything that we grow. Okay, I'll make sure to get links again for all yeah. of that for everybody. Um, yeah. We sell to... Fairgrounds Poultry, the Alcott Farmers yes. Market. Um, trying to think. A lot of bunch of restaurants. Um, heirloom Restaurant, Palm, uh, Palm Bear, East and yes, yes. Yeah, that's, I think, newer places. Yeah, recently opened. yeah. Um, Two Rivers Brewing Company. I'm going to forget some. There's a, there's, there's a bunch of places. We'll, like, we'll yeah, have to get a list around, together yeah. for everybody to put. Yeah, where they yeah. can find you guys. Uh, how about anything else? Any contact? Anything online you want? Like any Facebook, yeah, emails? Yeah, SalvatoresGardens.com okay. or SalvatoresGardens Facebook page. I don't, yeah. Again, I can put links for everybody yeah. so that they can find that. Yeah, uh, yeah, Matt, thank you so much. Anything else that you want to add before we go here? Uh, no, I just say the most important thing if you are a gardener, you're growing things. The most important thing is don't get frustrated. Just keep trying it over and just watch everything, you know? Yeah. And keep trying new techniques. I mean, that's how we did it. We had a million times where I could look back and say, and pinpoint certain times where we just lost crops, you okay. know, or things died, insects killed yeah. things, you know, you have funguses wipe stuff out. and and But three, if you just keep working through it, you know, just you keep learning yeah, here yeah, and it's, here all, it's all experimental, it's all just your observations, and you kind of. You know, just use some common sense and change up your tactics, and over time you just get better at it. So, I, you know, a lot of people sometimes will get frustrated because it is something you have to be patient with. Absolutely. You know, they put this plants in, and then they don't get what they're looking for. Right. You know, but that's happened to us plenty of times. Right. Because if you keep doing it, okay. you know, and I, and I think then once it works out, you know, you, you get a good feeling about it when you're in your own. I, I, I think that is great advice for everybody, and I want to just thank you for taking the time, sharing with us, uh, and sharing the vegetables with everybody as they are obviously enjoying them. No problem. No problem. Thank you. And again, thanks to Matt for taking out time during a busy market day to come and talk to me about the Parisian-style gardening that he does. And go to the BarenakedHealthPodcast.com to get the show notes. Uh, he gave a lot of resources here, so you, if you want to learn how to get the most out of a garden of any size in your home, 
go and check those out. Head over to BarenakedHealthPodcast.com to sign up for the email list to get notified when the latest episodes come out and to get your free video on the five simple steps to looking great naked. Also, please go to iTunes to give the Bare Naked Health Podcast a positive comment and five-star rating if you found it helpful so that you can share it with others.